Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, hey Danny, how are you? Hi, good, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. Here. Good to hear, good to hear. Healthy. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, a healthy, uh, uh, from everything I can tell, no symptoms or anything. No uh, allergies, it seems the pollen's out here in Georgia once again. Look, it's yellow, so you know I am not hating on it. Well, it, above all the things that are yellow, I think it is the one thing that is okay to hate on. Um, you know, as it is uh, quite irritating to most people that have the seasonal allergies. And then, of course, you have to wash your car if you park your car outside for any duration of time. So let's talk yeah. wrestling. huh? Well... FOW Live, Danny. We are back. Uh, November something or other is the last time uh, we gathered, if I remember correctly. Oh, my goodness. That long uh, ago. Goodness gracious. It was early November. Then I, I left the country on vacation, decided let's take a hiatus for a few weeks, which turned into me being sick all of December. Um and into the new year, of course, the holidays. Uh, and then as I started getting better well, in late January, um, you know, then you know, we moved in, into our new house. And uh, out of nowhere, the whole world went to, into chaos. And, uh, and this COVID-19 has affected everybody. And Including the thing we love most, the... the- the the wrestling for sure for sure which which is what we're here to talk about uh i know that uh mick villas our hostess with the mostest will be joining us at some point she is uh in the middle of uh everything up up north see this is what happens we leave the south and then chaos never leave that's this is what happens when you it. leave us that's that's it mika should have never left the south They've never left FOW, you know, on a consistent basis. And she went up to DC and everything just fell apart. I We're going to go ahead and blame her, um, especially because she's not yet here to defend herself. Um, so once she is able to defend herself, maybe, uh, maybe we'll figure something out. Maybe, but, may, but maybe that. Danny, so uh, I, I do want to go back and, and kind of look at some things that we've missed. Uh, and we're not going to go all the way to November, but I think I think it'd be nice to just cherry pick uh, some things that are, I would say were big deals. Uh, and okay. let's start with something that's really, uh, really deep in your heart, uh, and that is the official re- retirement of one of the greatest of all time, Yushin Thunder Liger. Of course, uh, the biggest Wrestle Kingdom ever. It was a two night affair, of course, with. Uh, New Year's Dash the next day uh, being uh, his retirement ceremony, which we all know how that ended up. Uh, so share with me your thoughts. How emotional were things as his retirement, he, the end of Liger came up at the beginning of the new year? It did. It did. And, you know, he had his two uh, last last minute matches. You know, he had his last, the big man tag, you know, the big multi-man tag on, uh, on January 4th. And on January 5th, he had the, uh, 
tag where he teamed with uh, teamed with Taguchi and took on you know who he considered the future of of the junior heavyweight division, and that's Hiromu uh, Takahashi and uh, Drag you know Ryu Lee now not no longer Dragon Lee I guess he's still Dragon Lee some places he's Ryu Lee others um, in Japan, uh, and then his ceremony you know he. He did the ceremony at the beginning of the show rather than at the end of the show because he always said that wrestling's what the people pay to see. Um, you know, humble as ever. It was a little surreal, you know, it was a little little emotional at times, but Jushin Thunder Liger is not gone forever. He still remains Jushin Thunder Liger. He didn't, like, take off the mask and leave it in the ring very, you know, emotionally. He's still, you know, he was still on commentary for some of the events before, of course, things got canceled. Um, you know, in Cork and Hall, uh, doing some commentary there as as Jushin Thunder Liger. He's still making a lot of television appearances uh, in the mask as Jushin Thunder Liger. So he always, you know, he said that Jushin Thunder Liger is not going away. He's just no longer uh, competing as a wrestler. Uh, so a little emotional it has been. You know, I have since accumulated uh, more Liger memorabilia to kind of create my own little shrine to the uh, the Beast Thunder God. Um, with my autograph pictures on the wall and several different action figures, and I got one of those uh, the banner type towels, you know, the towel slash scarf that that they sell in Japan. I bought one of those online as well to add to it. So we're all celebrating and mourning and honoring, uh, you know, the loss of him as an acting competitor. But we know that his influence continues to remain and his his eye will still kind of be in the hand a little bit i think you know he's probably still mentoring some people and you know and with calling calling commentary he's still in and around involved um, with the business but yeah it definitely was a big thing thankfully i got to see him you know on his on his uh his last you know his last tour of the world so to uh, so to speak and uh, so that was definitely a special moment. Again, got to see him and see him wrestle live in North Carolina. That was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it's it, you know, like I said, it was a big thing. It was a big deal, definitely. Um, as big a fan of him as I am, but to know that he's he's not truly gone. He didn't just he didn't really unmask and walk away into the sunset. To know that he's still involved in wrestling, I think it's a small comfort. Um, so that definitely kind of helps helps. Ease the ease the pain a little bit. Mika Villas. Yes. You you have I'm been here. Oh my gosh, I miss you guys like crazy. I'm sorry. It's been it's a wild world out there, man. Now you're, you know, for you're people in the who remember. Now for people who remembered our first six shows were on Thursdays, and usually we record uh Wednesdays or Thursdays, but uh, at this point, uh, for the time being, as you know, COVID nineteen is taking over our lives. You know, we we're gonna have to work around the, the very busy schedule of one Mika Villas because you know <laughs> she's she's the real boss around here. Uh scooch I mean, over Sasha in, Bates. <laughs> she's in absolutely in the thick of everything. Uh, you know. And and yeah, I mean, some with 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 things the way are they are so much is day to day, so much, especially in your line of of you know shoot work, Mika is is so much hour to hour almost. Um, we will do our best because we want you here. We miss you as well, and we were just blaming the whole COVID nineteen outbreak on you uh, before you joined in. So, um, <laughs> uh. saying that because you moved away, 
you moved away from FOW, you moved out of the South. Um, then everything went crazy. Uh, so there must be a connection between them. And uh, yes, we pretty much blamed it on you why you couldn't defend yourself. Wow. That's how we like to know. do it. We like to kick people while they're down, you know, talk trash behind their back, but then we shake their hands and get, you know, mm-hmm. when, when we see them in, in the locker room. Okay. Yeah. Just like, just, just to show how busy Mika Villas is, that, that, that buzzing, it's just her phone. Oh, y'all can hear uh, it. Okay. Because, because we know that, you know, everybody wants a, a piece of Mika Villas. And, you know, she never stops working. You know, she's a 24-7 girl. The championship was actually named after her. So she's going to be having her own belt. Oh, my gosh, guys. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I feel like Sleeping Beauty. I woke up today after finally, you know, sleeping and the world is still like crazy. So I'm, I'm waiting on my prince to come and my prince hopefully will have a cure for this COVID-19 and get life back to normal. I, I'm sorry I moved because if I had known that plagues and famine, pestilence and disease were, you know, going to happen with my moving, I sure as hell would have stayed put. So my apologies to the to the FLW world and to the rest of the world. Um, yes. My gosh. So, yeah, so so as as you as you were coming in, Mika, Danny was just sharing his thoughts on Liger's retirement because we're just we, we don't have a lot a lot to talk about as far as you know, other than you know, the biggest show of the year, which we'll get to in a moment. There's not much going on in, in the world of professional wrestling other than a whole lot of shows being cancelled. Uh, but we're just kind of looking back at things, at big things that we may have missed in the past, uh, in in the past few months since our hiatus. So Liger was the first thing that came in my, uh, came in my head, and uh, your thoughts on on finally seeing the end of Liger the wrestler. It's it's really it's uh, I know Danny touched a lot upon it, but I think it's really sad. Um, and kind of bittersweet because here's a man for generations that has entertained and and inspired so many finally calling it in the ring or you know calling like I'm done in the ring and to um to see that ending is you know people say wrestling is not real but it is as real as you make it if you are invested in these performers if you watch the the story arc of their career if they are like Liger so you know long in the business you you get invested you get emotionally attached and it is one of those where you're you're happy that he was able to leave on his terms but you're also sad that he's leaving but I'm glad he was able to finish off his tour because um you know for years it had been rumored that he's going to stop he's going to stop but I think he was able to do it on his terms do it um where in true liger fashion it was not about him it was about you know the fans the people and just kind of you know riding off into the sunset that it was beautiful it was nice and while he's definitely not you know gone from this this realm so to speak um his presence will forever live on because there's going to be hundreds of thousands of millions of people who are going to watch his matches, watch his body of work, people who are going to try to emulate and um, 
and 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 just kind of salute the the man, the myth, and the legend that he is. So it was great. I loved it. Uh, I know you got uh, Danny got to be there in Carolina, and I know Danny's such a huge fan. Seeing seeing fans like like that, like Danny. It makes me happy because, you know, this is somebody who really has touched um, generations of folks. And it's not just like, oh, well, he's a wrestler. It's like, no, this guy is something special. Um, you know, say once in a lifetime talent. Uh, that's definitely someone who you can say without a shadow of a doubt is once in a lifetime talent. And I can't wait uh, to see this next crop of generation kind of kind of come in and give their salute to the man. Yeah, it, it, it was definitely quite something uh, to be able to uh, see, see uh, somebody as Liger get such a, uh, you know, ceremony goodbye, be able to, you know, wrestle the people he wanted to wrestle, uh, have the people he wouldn't be involved, and, you know, New Japan put uh, politics to the side, you know, broad guys not under contract, and just make sure that this really three night uh, retirement ceremony means something. And so, and of course, announced that Justin Tucker Liger is going to be inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame. Not next, not not this upcoming weekend, of course, as we find out. Uh, the Hall of Fame has been canceled. It's a whole. Uh, world is in chaos, but whenever they do have the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony for 2019, uh, we will see uh, Liger being enshrined. Of course, uh, you know he had his history in WCW, uh, which is owned by the Fed, but he did have a a match under the WWE, um, you know. Um, NXT Banner. against uh, yes. Takeover, mm -hmm. so uh, we 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 at least be able to say, well, he did wrestle for the Fed at one point in in, in most recent history here. Uh, but yes, I, I think it's a great way to honor uh, the legend that Liger was. Uh, now, speaking of WWE Hall of Famers, uh, another Hall of Famer who uh, really. Uh, made headlines uh, while we were on hiatus was the rated R superstar Edge. It had been rumored that he had signed a contract that he had gotten cleared to wrestle, and nothing, no announcements, no nothing until his music hit at the Royal Rumble, and out came Edge, and his return. Uh, of course, now we know he'll be wrestling at. WrestleMania, but man, this man, we thought he was done forever. You know, it was in our very own city in Atlanta that he declared that he was retiring because of his neck. And as heartbroken as everybody was, here we thought he, this guy is calling it quits, he's going back to Asheville, North Carolina to live the rest of his days. Uh, in the mountains raising his kids. Uh, but no, here we are in 2020. Edge is back. He is. He is back. And, you know, physically he looks in great shape. He he looked outstanding in the Royal Rumble match. 
Um, you know, we really haven't seen him wrestle since as he was beat up by, you know, by Randy Orton, uh, you know, and the whole storyline thing there, the concerto, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, it's always a good moment when somebody is able to return, you know, similar to how Daniel Bryan, everybody thought his career was done because of injury Mm -hmm. and, and he's able to come back and, you know, compete at a high level again. It seems that, the same with Edge. Now, I was never really a huge Edge fan. Like, I liked him, but when he was Radar Superstar, having his big feud with John Cena and stuff, I wasn't really watching WWE as much. I was kind of following along loosely, you know, online. It's mostly watching, you know, Ring of Honor and TNA, Impact, and these kind of things. Um, so I was never really a super huge Edge fan. The Radar Superstar character just never really connected and resonated with me. Um, but he de- he has had a lot of great matches and great moments. I do own his you know his DVD set, his feud with the Undertaker, and the you know their TLC match and stuff was really really good. Um, you know his he he did have a lot of great matches with a lot of great people. Um, mm-hmm. You know he was able to tell a really good story in the ring. Uh, and so, you know, to have him be able to do that, I think they said his contract was for three years. Um, you know, he may or may not wrestle that entire time. He may kind of pick and choose matches here and there. I don't know if he's, you know, once, once again, once things get back to normal, what the normal will be, you know, if they'll, if he'll work house show loops and that kind of thing, I don't know if he's going to do any of that, but, um, to have him back and have him be able to wrestle, you know, get to see him you know, jump in hot with a feud is that was edges. Really his strong point was building to big feud matches, not just kind of your, your standard TV fair of six minutes here and there. His best stuff was always in big feuds, big storytelling matches. Um, so now he gets his chance right out of the gate, you know, as he will have a last man standing match with Orton at WrestleMania. Um, I think that's the best place for him. And I think that, you know, that match is is going to be really emotional for a lot of people in a lot of ways because it is kind of the first, you know, his first, uh, you know, big match return. Um, you know, the Royal Rumble matches and is kind of an anomaly in itself. Um, but you know, him versus Randy, their their long storied history, you know, together and apart and 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 everything there now, you know, comes to a head. The WWE weaves these beautiful stories for all the. <clears throat> shenanigans that they pull um, when they have things like this it, it's wonderful when Edge came back that like that weekend of the Royal Rumble there was a picture that came out of him in his gear and people were like oh that's fake that's fake that's fake you know and lo and behold here comes the man I mean for people who expected it just bust up that picture they were like hey, hey we were right for the rest of us who were going no way, man. No way. Not with this injury. Not not in a million years. You know, there were there were shouts of joy. There were tears of joy. Um, there was like, holy crap! You know, look at the man. He's a father twice over. He he looked good considering that you know he hadn't been in a ring in, in all these years, and we seen him on movies or TV shows or whatever, playing a Viking, you know, the man was ripped. It was like, okay, he's, uh, I believe 46 years old right now, looking like, you know, in some of the best shape of his career. And Edge was no slouch to begin with as far as, you know, body or body of work. Um, the character has had many evolutions 
no puns intended there. Um, but you're Danny's totally right when he's saying, you know, his big match stuff was just outstanding. It made you kind of sit up and take notice. But this is somebody who the WWE kind of crafted and created. And when he shot into that upper echelon, Edge was hard to deny as a, a main event competitor. Um, this story that they have now with him coming back and feuding with Randy, a former tag team partner, um, and even involving Edge's wife, a Hall of Fame superstar, Beth Phoenix. It's just really great storytelling, but the real uh, story is the fact that here is another person who should not, by all rights and means, be wrestling again, coming back um, in, in perfect health, you know, considering being able to step back into the ring and to do something that not only he loves to do, but people love to see him do. Um, and the WWE did not shy away from his injury. I mean, that concerto, having uh, Randy go right after Edge with a steel chair right to the head, the neck area. Um, if I had been a casual wrestling league fan, I'd be like, oh my God, that's so distasteful. That's ugly. Being the you know fan that I am, I'm just like, okay, this is them showing like, hey, we wouldn't put him in this kind of danger if we did not think that it was okay, you know, that he was perfectly able and capable of taking this kind of impact. So kudos to them for, you know, shaking it up a little bit or shaking people up because I know a lot of people were like, oh my God, why would they dare do that? But that's Vince's way of saying, hey, listen, he's 100%. I'm not going to on live TV, do anything else crazy with my, you know, my superstars. Um, I'm looking forward to this last man standing match. I expect it to be, I expect Randy and Edge to put on a great show for it to be as uncomfortably brutal as possible, I think is how I was phrasing it, because you know they're going to go in there and just fight and beat the hell out of one another. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they incorporate their environment because again this will be wrestlemania and this will be a different wrestlemania than any wrestlemania we've ever seen because it will not have fans in attendance so um the heat or the energy that the fans usually contribute to a match like this will be missing so those guys will definitely have to use their bodies and their their malice and their hatred toward one another to kind of fuel this match as it goes around the performance center. So um, I'm, I'm interested. I'm happy that Edge is back. I, I was definitely a fan. Um, I like the long-haired boys, y'all. Y'all know this. So definitely a fan. Glad he still got his hair because uh, when he had that haircut, I was not a happy camper. So happy to see him and looking forward to seeing what else and who else he mixes it up with because there's a new crop of superstars. Edge has not been in the ring yet. So just imagine some of the, the things he can get in there and the different looks we'll have coming up in the future with him back in the mix. Yeah, I, I, I got to say, I, I loved it. I loved it every second of it. Now, look, if you think about Edge, who he was, who he came, you know, how he came through and just the impact that he had in in this business. Uh, I think that the the way that it ended, while it was sad, you know, at least he had done it all. 
Uh, but now, you know, I, I feel like you know it sucks when a wrestler doesn't go out, you know, on their own. Uh, you know, if anybody's heard, uh, uh, like the, you know, the skull, uh, the broken skull uh, show uh, the Steve Austin has on the Elite Network, and his first guest being the Undertaker. Uh, Undertaker talking about how he wants to go out on his own, uh, his own way, not, not be, have to be forced to do so. And you know, Edge was, and, and I feel like here, however many years he's got left, I'm sure, yeah, like Danny kind of talked about, he probably will not be working house man, house shows. Um, he's going to be on a limited schedule, which is totally fine. But at least we, we're going to get that closure, and he's going to be able to go out. On, on his, you know, on his own, the way that he wants to go, out. and the real for us as fans, we'll see him now, and we'll to get that close. That'll be cool. And, and if you look, if you think about it, the last few years, the real winner, the real, the real comeback king, has been the spear. You know, you got Edge with the spear. You got Goldberg that came back a few years back with the spear, and technically, you know, Roman Reigns came back from cancer. But so the spear three time comeback king right there. Nobody what? other than Terry Funk has come back that many times. I mean, it's it. They all used the spear before, and somehow through the power of the spear, they're able to return. Um, the the quite opposite of you live by the move and you die by the move. I think they live by the move and they lived again by the move. So. If this is teaching anybody who is or wants to be a professional wrestler, uh, use the spear and you'll always come back. Uh, I think that's that's the lesson I, I learned there. Um, so it's a good time. Uh, man, uh, we, we've had a few other additional comebacks. We've had championships change hands. We've had uh, NXT be its own live brand. Uh, we we have seen uh, the the cruiserweight championship. I don't even remember if, if this happened while we were in hiatus or not. With the cruiserweight championship becoming an NXT title now, uh, it's been I so think long. You and I, you and I talked about that, Patrick, because I was not exactly happy because I was kind of saying, well, what if you're going to have all the title matches and all the number one contender matches on NXT? then what does 205 Live do? And we've seen yeah. 205 Live is essentially main event. Um, they well, actually for, now... For those who weigh 205 pounds or less. Yeah, well, and they also now show Raw segments, uh, usually a Raw promo segment during 205 Live now. So it truly has become main event. It's one or two matches for people under 205 Live, you know, under 205. And then, uh, you know, sometimes they'll show an NXT match on there. A match that you saw on Wednesday on NXT, you now get the full match because it's a 205 Live match. Um, so I was not happy about that at the time. Still not exactly happy about it, but you know those decisions are way above my pay grade. Yeah. So you know, a handful of people who we've got to see back, of course, uh, Jim Morris, John Morrison. I say Jim Morrison, Lord me. Uh, <laughs> I wish Jim Morrison came back. Uh, John Morrison's back. MVP is back. Had his last WWE match at Royal Rumble, but now it's, I guess he's hosting the VIP Lounge. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I've seen him host a few of those, but um, 
yeah. And yeah, it's it's been a thing. Of course, they've had some exits, and that's section to uh, AEW. Uh, you know, they've they've had to put up with you know uh, some changes. You know, they had this one with blood and guts was their big theme for one of the uh, dynamite episodes. They had to postpone that because they have a lot of big matches planned for it. But now they're taking the slow root there with this uh, COVID-19 issue. They're running shows on the empty arena. But what we saw now is that, first of all, Dean Ambrose, AEW champion, I figured we were getting there, but I didn't think, I thought Jericho was going to keep that belt much, much longer than he did. That's one thing. And second thing, um, is Matt Hardy or uh, or how whatever he's calling himself right now? Uh, I, I forget the name he gave himself uh, on the last last week's AEW match, but now he's part of Impact and Brody Lee uh, being uh, being now in a in this stable with uh, for AEW. The Dark uh, Order. I, yes, he is the Dark Order. He's what he, there. He's their exalted so, one. He's like the leader of the the whole cult. So your you guys thoughts here on, on AEW, what's going on uh, with these last three things that, uh, that that have happened most recently? Well, I mean, you know, they, they get a little bit of criticism from some people for kind of being, you know, oh, here's guys who couldn't quote-unquote hack it in the WWE. But I think it's, you know, they're – utilizing guys who who might have had success in WWE who might not have had success in WWE but are still you know very strong and capable professional wrestlers and entertainers um and so they've taken some of those you know and have moved them in ways that they that can benefit them and their brand and that was a big thing with you know the former Dean Ambrose John Moxley him kind of returning to the persona that some of his fans had longed to see you know him be a little less silly and jokey and you know wrestling in a bear costume and those kind of things. Um, you know, so he's as John Moxley and he dethrones Chris Jericho uh, to be only the second ever uh, AEW champion. Then you have Brody Lee revealed, you know, Brody Lee had been uh, Luke Harper for a long time and had been, you know, seemingly underutilized as most people would consider for a long time. You know, he was in the tag team, and he had, you know, a singles run for a while, but was mostly in the tag team with Rowan in its various incarnations. But he'd kind of been away from TV for quite some time and, you know, was kind of alluding to that he wanted to away from WWE. You know, a lot of people felt he never got his full due in WWE, that he could have done a lot more there, but was just never given the opportunity. So here he is now thrust into a major, you know, major storyline role. Um, where he's able to, you know, show out and show that he what he can do in a higher profile area, um, and Matt Hardy, you know, once again, continuing on his his evolution of character that he's he's done for what's felt like over five years now, I think, leading to him going broken and woken, and you know, and in WWE he kind of traced back through some of his previous personas and wrestling gear and stuff, and now he is you know, an even wilder version of himself teleporting last week on, on television, um, you know, showing that he, 
as the big powers and him coming after, uh, you know, Chris Jericho and stuff, I think is, is very, very interesting. Yet again, somebody who was doing so well for himself on the independence and with impact wrestling. And then he went to WWE and, you know, yeah, him and Jeff had some success, but he never got that big solo run that everybody thought he could have done and, you know, become a major player in WWE. You know, Jeff got that opportunity a lot of times and Matt never really did get a top level solo run. Um, and he had this character and WWE kind of downplayed it a little bit and, you know, your AEW jumps right out the gate and runs with it, you know, lets him teleport and uh, goes right <laughs> after big league players. So here's his chance to show what he can do on a big stage. I think that's AEW's biggest thing is they see a lot of potential in guys, guys who aren't getting the opportunities that they deserve. Somebody else doesn't want to use them properly. When that person's contract comes up, AEW, AEW will use them how they want to. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing. And for the record, yet, Matt Hardy's new incarnation of his character, Damascus. Or just Damascus, yes. that's what it is. Yeah, yes. yeah. I know it was that a weird name spirit. like that. That is biblical. That is a, a spirit that is inhabiting the vessel formerly known as Matt Hardy. Um, broken Matt Hardy. I mean, let's go back to when he did this incredible transformation, when he did this whole broken bit with Impact and how it just kind of rejuvenated his career and people's interest in impact just shot up because people wanted to see what broken Matt Hardy was doing. And he incorporated his family into the bit and everybody got in when it went to WWE, we expected this, this entire broken universe to just be even better because with WWE's production and money behind it, it should have been fantastic. And that's where it stalled out. It just went to poops feel. Um, so here we are again, Matt Hardy, free agent goes to AEW. Um, Brody Lee, free agent goes to AEW. AEW is giving, I believe wrestlers the chance to, use their creativity or use their body of work to further themselves or just further entertain. Matt Hardy didn't didn't need to honestly and truly leave WWE. He could have stayed there, been an agent, collected checks, and just, you know, continued living in North Carolina with his, you know, family and, and his uh his drone. But he wants to create. He wants to be creative. He wants to put content out there. And that's what he's getting the chance to do with AEW. They would have been crazy to try to stifle um, Matt Hardy and his new or his his broken character, even though it's not broken anymore, whatever. Um, but the whole fact of the matter is they played this masterfully um, between Brody Lee's arrival and Matt Hardy's arrival. Um, with the Dark Order, I thought that Hardy was going to be the leader of the Dark Order. That's how it seemed like it was going to roll in story-wise. Slight swerve there and great good on them because, again, people who watch and I do watch AEW, we, we were leaning more towards Hardy being this you know cult leader and boom, Brody Lee comes in. Brody Lee comes in and they give a, a slight dig WWE and I don't think it was a huge dig but just the whole dinner table nobody eats before me type deal um, with Brody Lee sitting down and is AEW's doing 
I believe a lot of things right. People are going to criticize them because they're high profile. They have high profile players and Cody, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks kind of at the head of this. They have high profile dollars with Tony Khan, you know, bankrolling this. But the fact of the matter is they are doing so much right, especially right now in the midst of um, you, you can't just not say this COVID-19 outbreak where they're, they're doing shows and their shows are still entertaining. Their shows are not boring. Their shows are not recaps mixed in the middle of maybe a, a boring promo or two. Um, I, I love the arrivals. The, the old arrivals are bringing new life or interestingly new life to this great um, new product. And I think that's what AEW needs and that's what they're doing. And I hope that they continue to do so. They're featuring new guys, but they're using their older guys or guys who already are established in different ways. And that's going to set them apart from the pack. Absolutely. I, I think that they are definitely doing something right bringing people who make sense, who are people who actually will, people will care to hear and see. Now, I do think Matt did have an option to go to NXT, but he wanted that full freedom that he was never going to get in any in any brand in, uh, the, in WWE. And I think that now he's content doing what he's doing, and of course, there's a big, there's a, there's a man Tony Khan that, that that can put as much money as he wants right now. Uh, exactly what his business is looking like, exactly uh, how profitable or not it is, it doesn't matter. Right now, they can sustain this, they can take this, and. Already, you know, knowing that they have a TV deal for the next few years, knowing that when they draw for the most part, they're doing well in most cities, uh, and then having success in their pay-per-views, I, I think that they, they do have a uh, so, something a formula that will work. And, you know, I, I did wish that they had done more with Brody Lee, uh, the former uh, Luke Harper, and I wish that Vince McMahon had embraced the broken universe or allowed the woken universe to be more than it was. Uh, but he just did not get it. Uh, which, you know, for the type of characters that Vince McMahon has produced over the years, to not get this, I don't understand, but alas, you know, he, he, he's the king of his universe and what he says goes. So uh, we, you know, we, we just have to see that. And if AEW is going to give these guys, uh, you know, the platform to do what they love, uh, you know, I think now somebody, we knew like somebody with like Matt is going to excel no matter where. I knew, you know, we, we've seen Matt have success in the league. We've seen the, we see him have success in Impact Wrestling. We've seen him even have success in Ring of Honor. Uh, so he will definitely have success in AEW. Uh, I think, though, for Brody Lee, this is, this is now the time for him to shine and to prove uh, that AEW was wrong for 
not doing more with him, not giving him more opportunities. And, you know, only time will tell. I think he will do well, but we will see. So that brings us to the show of shows, WrestleMania. A WrestleMania too big, 14 matches so far. 14 matches, and it's going to be too big for one night. They're going to do it two nights on WWE Network, Saturday and Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I haven't heard anything about a pre-show, which, you know, wouldn't surprise me. They did have a pre-show at 5, like they've done before. Uh, with 14 matches, I, I got to believe that not every show is going to be on WrestleMania proper. Uh, but before we get to look at the card and talk everything that is WrestleMania, of course, because of COVID-19, everything went to crap. No fans are allowed to in mass gatherings. Uh, now, I believe the federal mandate is not the federal guideline is for no gatherings of 10 people or more. And so with that, every city shutting down, every city canceling their events. Lee, of course, didn't cancel WrestleMania. Uh, and we'll get to that that show, but the impact that they not have of them not having WrestleMania in Tampa has affected so many wrestling companies, independent wrestling companies, uh, that that every year since I believe I, since San Francisco uh, have been following WrestleMania to whatever town they're in, and of course large companies. Uh, like Evolve, WrestleCon, uh, Ring of Honor, all getting together, and all these other smaller uh, companies. Of course, like GCW partnering with uh, Joey Janela and having this big uh, group of shows as well. That is the collective. Uh, a, a lot of companies, a lot of wrestlers who are now – who, who have made wrestling their number one job are like anybody else right now unemployed because, man, this has taken a disaster. So the, the thought here on, on just the independent wrestling scene, how long can it survive without shows? The scene is always going to be there. It's just... It's going to hurt, and it's going to take some rebuilding. But, I mean, you know, when WCW fell, the scene, everybody thought, oh, man, you know, blah, 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 it's going to be so hard and all this. You know, the territories fell and all that. You know, so many different things have come and gone. There's always going to be an independent wrestling scene. Um, you know, it's just going to, like everything else, it's going to take – it's going to go through a lot of changes. You know, some guys who, as you mentioned, you know, were – did wrestling as a full-time job are not really now able to do it. Um, you know, the, the WrestleMania week is essentially for the independent wrestler and the independent wrestling promotion was, you know, their, their Christmas time, basically, you know, it's, it's imagine if two or three weeks before Christmas, Walmart closed and said they couldn't sell anything. Okay. Walmart would suffer a whole lot in, you know, especially smaller companies. If you look at, you know, your specialty stores that maybe bank most of their, their sales, you know, a large percentage of their sales for the entire year come from Christmas sales. And so now you eliminate that. 
and you say you can't you can't sell anything for the next few months after your big sale time is supposed to happen it's it's going to put a hurting on them you know some of these people are going to have to take you know other jobs and then once wrestling returns their schedule may not be able to be what it once was because they now have another job that also requires their commitment there's going to be changes and some of these independent companies are going to go down and may not return for quite some time some of them may bounce back right away um, but there's always going to be an independent scene because there's always going to be a need and a want for an alternative product. And yes, you have, you know, now you have alternative products on television, you know, uh, where we didn't, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was only WWE, but now you have WWE and you have Ring of Honor on television, you have Impact on television, you have AEW on television, you know, and so many others through online streaming services. Um, but there's always going to be a want and a need for this stuff. You know, I know I'm, you know, for one and, and a lot of other fans pretty much live on what would some would consider the secondary products. You know, we, yes, we like WWE and we watch it, but the stuff that really gets us are these other companies, these other products that provide, you know, a different form of, inter, of you know, of wrestling. Um, and so there's always going to be those. And, you know, yes, they're going to take a financial hit. And that means that maybe they won't run as many shows as close together when things first start up, maybe they have to go to smaller venues that don't cost as much until they can kind of get, build a revenue back up a little bit. Um, you know, like, ev like so many other industries, it's just taking a hurting um, with, with the restrictions just, you know, for, and, you know, for the large and most, the, for the health and safety of not just the customers, the fans, but also the, the employees, the, the wrestlers and the promoters and, and everybody who runs the show. Um, it's, it's probably take the scene a little bit longer to bounce back and reach the prominence, but it seems as the rumors are spilling that with WrestleMania being a no fans access show and, you know, not doing the hall of fame with WrestleMania, you know, not, not doing so many of the rest, you know, the access festivities and stuff that SummerSlam is in Boston this year is going to be. Um, the big destination show for 2020. So if that is the case, if WWE extends SummerSlam to a bigger weekend, ties a bigger takeover, puts the Hall of Fame with it, puts the access type things, I think uh, you know quite a lot of these companies will then throw a big show at, along with that as well. It might come together a whole lot faster than people expected, you know, than, than WrestleMania where, after last year's WrestleMania, you know, play, people were already scouting venues and and trying to set up shows to start getting ticket sales and start trying to fly international talents in and these kind of things. I think Boston for SummerSlam could be that destination this year. Um, people are just going to have to change their schedules. I know a lot of people, you know, requested time off work and bought plane tickets and all this. Uh huh. You know, but. You know, thankfully, hopefully most people were able to get refunds and, and these kind of things for the money they invested. But if Boston becomes it, then I think that could be the time when the independent scene really jumps heavily um, because the fans are waiting for it, too. You know, like so many of us just sitting around waiting, watching some empty arena shows, mostly watching backlog stuff. I know most of my friends are doing that is just watching a bunch of old shows because the hey, there's not a whole lot of new stuff right now and the new stuff that is it it has a different feel because nobody's in the crowd it feels kind of weird it feels kind of creepy man i don't i don't really like the no arena <laughs> shows on a you know if it's a no fan show 
in like a small place, maybe it's not as bad if you have a handful of trainees or students or there's somebody there. But wrestling is a live, it's a live action, you know, uh, entertainment form. It's meant to be done in front of people. It's meant to evolve with the people. You know, if the fans are kind of booing on a match, well, then you change the match up and you get the fans back into it. You know, if the fans are really into something, then you stick with it. You go with it. It's very uh, improv based, you know, uh, based on the reaction that the fans are getting. And it's designed to to get reactions from people and create emotion. And without that entirely, it feels very hollow and it feels like a whole lot's missing. Um, it just doesn't feel like the wrestling that we all know and love. And so the scene may take a while to bounce back. If in fact, this whole theory of SummerSlam does come to fruition, I think the time between now and when things, you know, when the world starts to regain its semblance again, shows start running. I think we'll see a handful of shows here and there. Um, you know, maybe a lot more building type content, reintroducing people to wrestlers and stars and storylines. But then you push everything back to SummerSlam. And if that hits, like it's like it's rumored to, that's when everything explodes again and we get the scene the way it once was. The the scene will last because wrestling there's so many people who are in love with wrestling who who really depend on wrestling. This is a lot of people's livelihood. So as we take this huge, you know, unwarranted pause, un, unprecedented pause in wrestling, uh, a lot of folks are taking this time to kind of reevaluate, to study, to look, to try to see what they can do better. They're bettering themselves mentally, physically, gimmick-wise, and now we're just playing the waiting game. Even WWE, the end-all, be-all of wrestling, had to change the way that they present what is their Super Bowl of the year to something that I know nobody expected, a a two-day WrestleMania. And it's not like it was two days fan interactive with, you know, billions of dollars in sets and merchandise and shows. And they're sitting here two days in the Performance Center that – you know, we may not even see live. Or hey, it's taped, right? It's in the can already, or about to be in the can already. Um, so having to recreate wrestling from what we know it to be on a professional scene, as far as Impact, WWE, and even AEW as these companies go, to when we get to the independent scene. Um, if, like you said, the rumors are true and SummerSlam becomes the big party of the summer uh, that WWE once tagged it to be, meaning that they they take Boston by storm and extend SummerSlam out to a week, you can bet your bottom dollar that the, the companies in and around the Boston area are going to try to uh, do a little something something if they can. It's not cheap to rent venues. It's not cheap to get insurance and to make sure that you're um, adhering to the laws of the state if there's an athletic commission XYZ and to get talent into uh, a certain place. But I'm sure there'll be a couple companies or maybe some local promotions who will try to capitalize on uh, the SummerSlam hoopla and good for them. But I think independent wrestling as in general, once 
life goes back to normal, the scene is going to boom because the creativity from the guys and the girls, from the promoters, from the promotions, they're just sitting here with their, you know, if this was, uh, I think we, we said, uh, if this was 8 Mile, they're Eminem. Everybody's Eminem with their book right now. They're writing lyrics out. They're writing storylines. They're doing scenarios. They got, you know, matches in their head and things they want to do. And they're going to be able to just, boom, flow out with that. And I think the creativity that's going to be exploded is going to be a, a wrestling renaissance um, that we're going to come into where things are just going to be so good, so crazy, uh, that for the fans, it's going to be wonderful. For the performers, it's going to be fulfilling. And independent wrestling, it may be, you know, a little asleep right now, but it's going to wake up with a bang, and it's just going to go crazy. Yeah, I, I, I definitely do think that that the, the wrestling scene, the independent wrestling scene, will uh, will still will be able to last past this. Uh, it, it definitely is going to take a big a big hurt, as you know, so many companies invested in uh, Tampa weekend, and the other companies you know can't support the wrestlers, independent wrestlers having their platforms. We've even seen them try to do empty arena matches, but with all all the regulations and all the shelter-in-place orders that the cities and counties are doing, uh, it's, it's even harder uh, than ever. But, you know, you know it's going to take time, like Danny said, and, you know, and, you know, Mika, a lot of good points, too. I think, yeah, SummerSlam, if anything, things are working out to where Vince McMahon wanted to make SummerSlam like an equal to WrestleMania, and this may be the opportunity to make it, a, you know, a bigger show. Now, as far as WWE is concerned, though, they're, they're going to have these two nights of WrestleMania in uh, in two nights, it's just saying it's going to be in multiple locations, more likely to accommodate some of the wrestlers and stipulations of their matches. But uh, I think that the point of having WrestleMania still, not postponing it, not, you know, or can't, you know, not necessarily canceling it, but not postponing it to, to later in the year, uh, you you guys thoughts about WrestleMania still happening this weekend? It's still being touted as the biggest show of the year. Fourteen matches is going to be. They they brought former NFL player Rob Gronkowski to to be the host. Uh, of course, Undertaker is going to be there. Uh, Universal Champion Goldberg. My goodness, Goldberg has won has the league gold. Uh, again, um, after he retired three times already this past couple of years, uh, you should have they postponed WrestleMania or canceled it altogether? I think they're doing the best they can. They, yet again, like so many others, they have so much invested in this. So many of their annual storylines, you know, have been building for months to come to WrestleMania. And I think it's also a good thing because the world is in such chaos. You know, so many people are, you know, having to 
almost kind of live day to day based on the news, based on what's going to happen, based on, it, you know, if they're going to be able to work today or tomorrow or not. If they're, you know, you go to the grocery store, are they going to have all the stuff you need, you know, in stock? Um, I think so much is, is chaotic. I think that's part of the reason they wanted to continue to do it, to give people a bit of time. You know, you break it into two days now, it becomes a bigger thing. Um, but give people a chance to enjoy things uh, independently. And, um, you know, forget your troubles, forget the outside world, and remember what entertainment is all about. And it's, it's escapism. You know, is, is one of the biggest things entertainment's about. You know, you forget about the problems of the world, forget about the problems in your life, and just v zoom in on stories, characters, you know, people, um, you know, professional wrestling in its truest form. And um, I think that's the big reason that I'm, I'm happy they did it and I understand why, um, you know, and I think it is a good thing. But it is going to be weird because also with the social distancing recommendations and these kind of things, like you may be watching WrestleMania, but you're not going to be watching it in a room full of your friends. You're not going to be watching it, you know, at a sports bar where it's just a crowd of people, or you're not going to be watching it in the stadium. You know, you might be watching it, but you're going to have to get on, you know, a Google, you know, Google group chat or something with your friends and you guys can kind of watch it together that way or, you know, only get a couple of you and sit at opposite ends of the room. It's it's going to be weird, but I think that people, you know, could could make it work. And uh, and I think that's the biggest thing that that I'm happy they, they have done, especially with so much else in the world um, being canceled or being put on hold. I think it is a good thing that they they made the WrestleMania. Uh, I think that it's incredibly irresponsible. WrestleMania is supposed to be your biggest event of the year. Now, canceling it, I understand, is absolutely unheard of. Postponing it would have been the better choice, in my opinion. Just because the magnitude, the feeling of what WrestleMania is supposed to embody, it encompasses you know, a whole year's worth of work, where you've got these storylines and this Everything comes to a head and you have the crowd, you have this feeling, you just have a, a series of coming together from match to match, from person to person, everybody's feeling the same thing. You either love it or hate it. There's yays and boos. There's nothing. This is, this is going to be devoid of emotion, devoid of, I think, energy and I know there are sponsors to, to consider and what have you, but this is, in my opinion, not going to be WrestleMania. This is going to be some high-end, hybrid kind of spinoff pay-per-view in the same vein of the Saudi Arabia shows for me because it's not necessarily going to be the same feeling, the same realness that we're used to having for mania. Splitting it into two days is, is also just one of those things is like, come on, mania is Sunday. We have WrestleMania week, typically. We now are atypical due to the world we live in. So splitting it in two days is like, okay, 
yes, people take off work. People take vacations. People make arrangements. I took off work. I was going to be, you know, in Tampa. I, you know, world changed. I changed my plans. But now I'm supposed to change my plans again to figure out to sit in front of my TV alone because, again, no, you know, people together for two days to watch wrestling. It's like, okay, listen, give me mania or give me this special mania for my one day for my seven hours or whatever it was slated to be. But at the end of the year, sometime in maybe November, December, we just go, you know what? Boom. This is the real mania. We're going to have a, a week or maybe, you know, four or five days worth of shows leading up to this big pay-per-view spectacular that is WrestleMania in all of its glory, not this scaled back, pardon my French, bootleg ass version of what we've come to know and love and be excited for. Because like you said, you can't be with your friends and family or a bunch of strangers watching this thing. And that's part of the magic, quite frankly, of mania to, to feel the emotions, to watch reactions of people around you or even on television. And we're not going to get that, but we're going to get, yes, a bunch of matches that may mean something, but in the, the end of it all, it's just a bunch of matches. It's not the experience. It's not the emotion that we've come to grow and love and kind of be a part of. So ah, this is not mania for me. This is just, you know, it's another Super Sunday showdown is what it is. Now, I, 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 I get the whole thing about not doing people wanting to experience mania. I, I do wish it would have been postponed because I was supposed to be there uh, and I was ready to go. Uh, I was willing to go even if if we still were in the same state we're in now, except for had they done the show, I would have gone. But you know, but that's not that's not the case. So I, w- I, I wish I had postponed it so I could be there. Now I and with that they could have still had the matches that they were planning. Because of what they're doing with Takeover, for example, NXT, but now I'm echoing. And I love that thing. It's not when you are live. Uh, but, uh, but the way I see it is NXT showing the Takeover matches. Over the next uh, few weeks, they could have done something like that with uh, the WrestleMania matches, so that stories kept going on and the show must go on, right? I guess. But if you look at it, I, I think about it from the business point of view, where the investment is not necessarily the is not necessarily the show itself, the matches, but it's, or even the wrestling, the brand is what sells to advertisers, to, you know, the TV stations. WrestleMania is its own brand. It's the, the, the thing that the sells, it's the thing that people buy into, right? There's a reason why people 
all gather at WrestleMania. It's such a big deal. Cities now bid to host WrestleMania. And I think they are capitalizing on the fact that as a business, they can't just cancel WrestleMania. They have to still have it because it's, there's value in it. And look, there's two nights of live show. I mean, yes, it's not live programming because they've already taped WrestleMania, but it's programming that it's new programming that it's there that that wasn't there before and now now we get to see this programming and we get to be able to to enjoy it and they're able to do more with this programming uh as we've got somebody joining us here uh on the show Congo Costumes. You. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Did you want to talk about Mania? Sure, why not? Well, give us your thoughts about WrestleMania still happening. As, as a fan, are you for it or are you, do you wish it had been postponed. I think it could have been postponed, honestly, man. I mean, it, it kind of shows WWE's selfishness to kind of force the show to go on because it's like, it doesn't have that same aura, that same type of importance. It kind of just feels like another studio show. And it, that, it shouldn't feel like that for WrestleMania. It's supposed to be the granddaddy of them all, the biggest show of the year. You know, I think they should have done the responsible thing and delayed and given it time to breathe. This, you know, so that it can make you build more anticipation for it later on. You know, you could have pushed your calendar, you know, a year back. You could have sacrificed one of the other big four to do WrestleMania and wait for one. I wouldn't mind not seeing a SummerSlam or not seeing a Survivor Series. Leave Royal Rumble alone. But even when you do, know, you could have substituted and, and really done something special with it. But, hey. The show must go on, right? The show must go on. Now, were you planning on being there live? Were you going to Tampa for WrestleMania weekend? What were your original plans for WrestleMania? I, I was hoping to attend. I unfortunately had some, some circumstances that uh, stopped me from being able to go back in January. But, you know, I had a lot of friends that were attending shows and being part of, you know, not only... You know, not only WrestleMania, but you know, WrestleCon, all things that were going on in the area. Because, you know, why wouldn't you take, you know, partake in all these different things going on? It's it's a, uh, like a buffet, you know, sorts of different events going on. So, you know, I just really think it's a travesty that you know that everything got canceled and the city of Tampa shut down. Although the city is being responsible amid the, you know, it's still a city because a lot of a lot of boys and girls, you know, lost opportunities. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, a big deal to a lot of people as, as fans. And, and, and as we see wrestling these days, TV with no fans in the stands, uh, how do you like that? Are you enjoying seeing the TV shows with no fans? I, prefer, I mean, out of the two no fan shows that I've seen, I have to honestly say I've preferred AEW. Uh, um, 
more specifically when they had the actual locker room as the audience. It kind of gave like a little funny, like, a, like it added a different layer to the presentation of the show. And I thought it was just something really different. Um, you know, with the no shows that are going on at the performance center, on the other hand, they just feel like almost like dress rehearsals. Like they don't really feel like real shows anymore. It kind of feels like they're just going through the boat, you know, which is unfortunate. Now, I'm going to pull back the curtain just a little bit here. Um, mm-hmm. You're a performer and you wrestle. Have you ever imagined in a million years that something like this would happen? And what's your kind of thoughts about the future of the indies? Wow. Um, well, being a performer, being someone that has been on the indies almost a decade, you know, I think there was such a growth and such a flourishing that was going on. It was really like a new renaissance. Like, I to in a way where you had your, your Tennessee and, and Georgia and the Carolinas and then you had the Northeast with Boston, New York, Jersey, Philly. You had the West Coast. You had the Midwest with Ohio. Um, you can drive through Ohio and make a whole loop out of it in one weekend. Um, if you know how to book it, you had Texas, you had Louisiana, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and then with this now, it kind of brings everything to a screeching halt, and it kind of puts a question mark, like, how is it going to be when everybody comes back? Because it's not going to be an immediate bounce back, um, you know, once everything comes back to normal, which we're hoping comes back to normal, um, whatever normal may be. You know, so it's it's a, it's a really really questionable time right now. You know, you you have hope, but at the same time, you you wonder what's really going to happen now when it's all said and done. Okay. Yeah. So I Patrick. I think I think this is definitely a, a crazy time for everyone. And you know, when one way we we did we did bring bring in the talk we were talking earlier about just the impact that this has put on the on the on the independent scene and we've seen all these independent wrestling shows uh, that had to cancel events and are continuing to not knowing when they'll have another show I mean it's definitely uh, a, a struggle and for all the wrestlers of course uh, you know they try to get as much support in even I've seen uh, the wrestling companies, some independent wrestling companies who have resources uh, to, to put out something to help the wrestlers, but even that ha- hasn't been able to happen because of the, the climate that we're in. Uh, just from your perspective and what you've been hearing, uh, what is, how, how is the atmosphere there with the, in the independent wrestling seats with the wrestlers? That A lot of them not, not being able to work and some who maybe out of the country may not even be able to travel with some of the restrictions. It's extremely difficult for those that can't, you know, if you, it's just like, you don't work, you you know, you don't work, you don't eat, you don't perform, you don't earn money to eat. And it's unfortunate, you know, when, you know, we, we risk it all and we take that chance to say, this is going to be my main source of income. This is how I'm going to provide for my family, you know, balls to the wall, excuse my French, but, um, you know, you put all your eggs in one basket, and then that basket, the bottom falls out. What do you do? You know, what what really do you do? You know, we put our our merch stores. If you you know, if you're lucky enough to have a, an online merch store, 
you have that up. But, you know, with people not being able to work and not being able to earn income, that's kind of a moot point, you know? So what else do you do to earn income? And, it, and now you're becoming to a point where, oh, man, what am I going to do? You know, the bills are coming up next month. You know, how am I going to make sure that I keep a roof over my family's head? And it's a really difficult time for a lot of people, man. A lot. Yeah. So, so tell us. So, what's what's going on with you? Tell tell people uh, where where they can they can follow you. Uh, I and, and tell tell people you know more about where they can you know reach you and support you. Um, hashtag support independent Hold wrestling. Up. Don't worry about me as an individual. Just support the boys and girls that are sacrificing their time, energy, and love, putting on these empty arena shows, traveling for sometimes no pay or little pay. Just support independent wrestling. It's not about me. It's about the entire community. There you go. Um, and, and just because um, people are going to, well, who are we talking to? You guys did not catch the voice. Um, please let the fans and our friends know who exactly you are, sir. Redacted. <laughs> okay, that's fine. It, like it's, a, need, it's on a need to know basis. It's on a need to know basis. You speak. You Just speak know. for the the community, not yourself as an individual. Say word. There you go. Oh, okay, Mr. Redacted. Well, thank you very much. We we certainly appreciate your insight um, and you coming on to speak with us. Oh, no problem. Redacted. Thank you. Like yeah, thank you very much. That, that, yeah, that'll be, I'll, I, I need to use that one for in the future. Thank, thank, thank you very much, uh, Redacted. And uh, again, as you heard him say, uh, support in, in the wrestling and, and all those independent wrestlers. Thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Have a good night, guys. Thanks. So, so as, as we move on, so let's let's take a quick look here at the card that is WrestleMania 36. It's, uh, and we, we're not we're not gonna go throughout for, throughout the entire card. We're not gonna go match by match. Just uh, I'm just gonna go out and and mispronounce a bunch of names because I'm sure people have missed that, and they will just uh, give our thoughts on, on the show. Uh, that is WrestleMania 36. In no particular order, uh, Rhea Ripley will defend the NXT Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair, uh, who won the Royal Rumble uh, match. Brock Lesnar will uh, defend his WWE Championship against Drew McIntyre, also uh, who won uh, the Royal Rumble match in January. Uh, Goldberg will defend the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns. That's right now the scheduled match. But if you uh, don't live in a cave and know and have access to any social media, you know that's going to be changing very soon. So stay tuned this Friday night on SmackDown Live. Um, Becky Lynch, the man, will defend the Raw Women's Championship against Shayna Baszler. Uh, John Cena will be uh, wrestling the Fiend Bray Wyatt, in, uh, and I'm not sure what's going on there because Bray invited John Cena to the to, to come to the Firefly House or whatever he calls it. And, the Fun uh, House, the Firefly the fun, fun House. Look, there's nothing fun about that house. Okay, like that, that house freaks me out. Let's uh, <laughs> not even go there. Uh, 
Bailey will defend uh, her SmackDown Women's Championship in a fatal five-way elimination match against Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina, which truly shows that you know everyone gets a paycheck when it comes to uh, WWE WrestleMania. Uh, the wow. Undertaker versus AJ Styles. Uh, this could this be the year where actually we are all reminded of the greatness of the Undertaker? Because I don't, I, I in my, in my personal view, Undertaker has not wrestled a cali- a wrestler of a caliber of AJ Styles in, in a while. Um, you know, and anybody wants to feel upset about that, go ahead. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Uh, and then The Miz and John Morrison will defend the SmackDown Tag Team Championships against The New Day and The Usos. And uh, more to come, you know, and it sounds like they may be changed to that. So uh, to, to, tune in to uh, WWE for, for more information on that. Street Profits will defend the Raw Tag Team Championships against Andrade and Angel Garza. Uh, yeah, welcome back, Andrade, from your little hiatus. Uh, Wait, well, Alistair that might change Black- as well. That might change yes, as well. That, there's, there's rumors. True that. Yeah, more, more, more cha- you know, look, COVID-19 uh, fears no one. Uh, but you know what? It, I read this somewhere. I'm not... I'm, I, 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 not making, I wish I had made this up, but I read this somewhere where it says that COVID-19 is uh, God's payback to Vince McMahon for their feud a few years back. Um, oh. mm, wow. Uh, I, 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 I popped on that one. That, I thought that one was funny, but um, not, not going wow. farther because, you know, I do fear the, the Lord Almighty. Speaking of the Almighty, Bobby Lashley will be wrestling against Aleister Black. Man, I'm still great with the segues. <laughs> Elias versus King Corbin, uh, because you're not having a WrestleMania, uh, the the Battle Royal this year. Because remember, no gatherings of more than ten people. So you can't have <laughs> yeah, under the the under the giant Battle Royal with less than ten people. So Elias versus King Corbin, also known as my bathroom match. Oh, God. Edge versus Randy Orton. In a last man standing match, I'm not that desperate for wrestling that I need to watch Elias versus Corbin. Okay, not yet. yet. We're not there yet. And Zami Zayn will defend the Intercontinental Championship against Daniel Bryan. Hmm. Yes, 14 matches. Who knows what could happen with all those matches uh, between now and then? Of course, we know WrestleMania has been taped. Uh, Ross and SmackDowns have been taped, so you know more to come. But guys, your thoughts—you're looking at this 14-match lineup. Uh, what stands out? Oh man, um, I mean, there's yet again—we're not sure what's going to be split into each day yet. That has hasn't been announced as of as of our talk here. Um, we don't know, as you mentioned, is there going to be a pre-show? Might a couple of these matches be on pre-show? Might there be one or two more matches added? Um, and you know, make it an even bigger card. We're not sure. Um, but you know, there's a there's a lot of interesting things, and there's a lot of kind of. Eh, like you said, bathroom breaky kind of things. Um, honestly, uh, 
you know, the, the five-way for the SmackDown Women's Championship was originally advertised as a six-way with Dana Brooke um, being the sixth person in. You already mentioned that match is kind of being an everybody gets a payday match. Well, it was going to be an everybody even bigger gets a payday match. Um, Dana, like as we're hearing from rumors, several others are opting not to attend the event um, for fear of spread of the COVID. And uh, so Dana Brooke is not in that match. They didn't replace her. You know, Tamina's just going to get a few more <coughs> spots in the match now, uh, which nobody's happy for. Um, I mean, we but, weren't happy for Dana to begin with, so it, it's well. It's a I would have like, taken oh, Dana well. over to. I would have taken Dana over to me. Okay, I'd have taken um, the Tamina's, broomstick that they had. Tamina's been there wrestled. for too damn long to still be as terrible in the ring as she is. Okay, um, and we've talked about my long-standing hatred for Tamina multiple times. <laughs> so I will not take it any further than than that. But she has been there too damn long to still be as bad in the ring as she is. Um, the SmackDown tag team match is kind of interesting. I kind of love and kind of hate the reunion of uh, of Miz and Morrison, as I kind of loved it and hated it the first go-around, and I kind of love it and hate it even more so the second go-around. Um, but it just shows further that whole thing where when Bray Wyatt fights and defeats somebody as the Fiend, they go back into an old gimmick. Um, you know, Daniel <laughs> Bryan went back to the American Dragon. The Miz got defeated, even though it was just Bray. And it wasn't the fiend. Here he's back doing the dirt sheet with Morrison getting made fun of for for being paunchy and not having the super rock hard abs like Morrison does. Um, you know, having the now he can call it a dad bod. Back then he was just fat. Um, <clears throat> is all the Morrison called him. And uh, AJ Styles versus the Undertaker. Now we see if the Undertaker really needs to go out on his own terms or if somebody needs to ask him to step away. Um, you know, if he is not coming in at top physical performance, uh, AJ will wrestle circles around him and it will be noticeable. And then people may ask for the undertaker to step down because you're just making yourself look bad. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much, you know, butt up or shut up for undertaker, right? It's can he, you know, he had such that bad match with Goldberg where they both nearly killed each other. And everybody then was like, dude, you're way past your prime. Just go, just go, just leave. You're, you're soling your reputation that you built for, and worked so hard on. So here's the calling. Can he redeem himself and prove that he deserves to stay and can still have matches with great talent? Or is it truly time for him to step away? Um, I'm curious to see which matches will be at different locations. I'm assuming that the Firefly Funhouse match may be at a different location. Possibly Edge versus Randy Orton may be somewhere outside of the Performance Center just so they have more to work with, being that it is last man standing. Um, you know, I like the Brock Lesnar-Drew McIntyre match. I think that's going to be really good based on all the interactions we've seen be between them and knowing my standing as a Drew McIntyre fan. Hopefully he gets uh, the big spotlight and the big win. And, uh, you know, all of his pointing at the WrestleMania sign has not been in vain. Um, <laughs> Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler. I don't know. Like, I like both women, but I haven't really liked Becky the last couple months. I felt she's drifted oh, away no. from what, what made her, what I felt she's drifted away from what made the man character cool. She's like when she came out with the crown and the big yellow 
feather jacket. I thought that was kind of deviating too far from what made her cool and what made her the man, you know, and then having the beer bash with Steve Austin in front of nobody was kind of terribly awkward. And why did you have to beat up on Byron Saxton? Just because he's like Bryant Gumble of the WWE. Like he's just like the super uncool black guy. You had to beat him up and stun him. Um, it you know, just like, it, it was, it just was like Steve Austin did to, to Coachman in the past and all this stuff, you know, like it's, I, yeah. Michael Cole you know, was there. Michael Cole's not selling that many stunners. Let's be honest. Well, he has who, who else would have sold those many? Exactly. Well, the thing so is, the, the beer bash, it's a thing. It's a, it's a celebration with the fans. There were no fans. He was just drinking beer and, and swearing like nobody was there. That's called an alcoholic problem. <laughs> Cause, okay. Cause nobody was there. He if you're he walking around, if you're walking around at home, just swearing and drinking beer and throwing it around, you have an alcohol problem. If you have one friend there in the ring who's doing it with you, like Becky kind of was, that's still kind of called an alcohol problem. It's not fun. That's called an enabler. It's not fun social drinking anymore. It's called, yeah, you have an enabler and you need to go to an AA meeting. That's what that's called. Um, (laughs) You know, golly, but this, we need, we need wrestling with fans. This, this empty arena stuff is just, is weird. I don't like it. And it's, you know, these matches will be fun, but but I think our, our redacted guest kind of mentioned, you know, to an extent that it it just feels different. And it feels like dress it, it I liked his, his use of the term like it's like a dress rehearsal. Um, you know, that's kind of what I, I got that feeling. Like it's it's like if you go to the sound check of a band, you know, bef- you get the you get the special access pass and you go to the sound check. There's a few people in there, but they're kind of playing all the songs they'll be playing later that night before the show as like a dress rehearsal and then, but then you go to the show later where there's 500 people in there and everybody's yelling and screaming and having a good time. And they're playing the sounds and they're playing their hearts out and not just kind of half doing it to check the sound levels. It feels like they're doing the sound check, but then when, but then we don't get the actual full concert. It's like you have to leave before the full concert starts. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's weird. It's going to be strange overall as a show. So the matches may be really fun and maybe really good, but you know that it's it's going to be weird. Some of them are going to, re- yeah. It's I I'm looking forward to it and not looking forward to it at the exact same time. I'm excited and one anxious. Open. I'm gonna be, maybe I might be watching from the other room just to be on the safe side. Um, <laughs> you know I don't want to get too close to those wrestlers, and I got a social distance <laughs> from my TV. Um, <laughs> It's it's I'm anxious the, the, and the fire is real. That's Jesus. it. It's real. It's really it can, the, could, the 4K Ultra TVs. They, I mean, it, it, when they say it, it's as if you were there, it, that you get everything. <laughs> oh my gosh! Maybe we can have holograms in the audience. Maybe Vince can like, uh, you know, get that hooked up so you can have holograms in the audience so it looks full. And they can pipe in sound, and that way it'll seem like a real arena or you know a real venue type match. That would be interesting, right? I mean, anything to make this quote unquote WrestleMania better. I am all about. Um, you mentioned different locations and where matches are going to be held. I think that is going to be key on a lot of these matches. 
um, being able to tell a better story. Um, I, the Undertaker AJ match. I'll be honest. You guys are like, you know, this will prove if Taker needs to stay or go. AJ Styles is a wrestler. He is the consummate professional. AJ is not going to make the Undertaker look bad. He's going to make him look like the dead man or biker man or whatever version of the Undertaker we're going to get of old. AJ is going to do the job. He's going to do the job so properly that we're going to be, I believe, praising the Undertaker at the conclusion of this match because AJ likes his checks to keep coming and for the WWE to give him what he wants, which is what it seems they do. Um, he's not on a crazy schedule. He still gets paid. He gets time with his kids. Everything that AJ wants. And AJ is at the point of his career where you can put him in there with anybody and he can make them look good. He was already phenomenal before he was in the WWE. He's already just at that point where when you hear AJ Styles, you know it's going to be a good match. So I'm not worried about The Undertaker. I AJ's going to wrestle circles around him, yes, but he's going to wrestle those circles to make Undertaker look like a viable opponent. So that's not even going to be a problem. Undertaker can't mess this one up because AJ's there. AJ's got it. Um, Rhea versus Charlotte. I would love to see Charlotte get her comeuppance, but I'm scared as hell, man, because it's Charlotte. She's a flare, and she's a flare. Need I go on? Um, I, I want to see The Fiend. I want to see what creatively they do to John Cena. Hopefully it's something like y'all don't like it. I hope it's scary and it's freaky, man. I, I want to see Cena get scared. I want to see what they do to just kind of torture John Cena and send him back out into, you know, the Today Show or whatever the hell it is that he's out there doing. Um, the, the rest, I mean... Edge Orton is going to be great, but the rest of this card for me is like, eh, I like Becky. I do. And Becky versus Shayna in a better setup where there's fans, where there's more interaction, where there's this genuine, big, huge culmination to their feud, I think will be fantastic. I think we're losing out on a whole lot of energy for this one and whether this man character it has shifted into something way cockier than we're used to but i think that is again due to a lack of her being able to play off of crowds or to have fan interaction and i think that's just going to make this one be dull both shana's legit we know shana's legit um we've seen becky you know take a butt whooping and want to come back, get her face broken and still try to be a badass. But I think this one is just going to be just a Shayna whooping her ass and like everybody goes, well, yeah, we knew it. Okay, next. So this, this, this card, while exciting in some spots, is again, it's the, the uncertainness of it all that makes the, the elation that you typically feel just be like, all right, let's just see what they're going to do. I mean, that that's it. Well, it, it is the greatest show on earth. Uh, it is. 
and and you know WrestleMania. It's it's WrestleMania. Who doesn't love WrestleMania? Uh, it, it is uh, one of the biggest shows uh, in, in professional wrestling. It, it it is a Super Bowl, uh, and you know it, the show must go on. This man, you know, he, he's having the show no matter what uh, for whatever reasons, uh, and we're gonna get to see it not only in one two nights. Uh, and it'll be available on WWE Network, which is currently free for everyone right now. WWE is, is free. Um, of course, they made that announcement that they were going to give it out for free uh, until WrestleMania, I think. I, I don't remember exactly how long. But the announcement, of course, came after my subscription renewed. So, uh, <laughs> To quote Alanis Morissette, now, isn't that ironic? Uh, do you think? But, yeah. It's happening there. Who knows? Rumors is that it may be available on, on broadcast TV. Of course, they don't have anything uh, live as far as sports, quote-unquote. And even though this isn't live, it's still uh, live to all of us watching. And it is, uh, it, you know, as far as the lie, uh, the, the crowd being there or not, you know, I'm, I'm like a monster that watches wrestling on mute most of my time. So it, it's no different to me, but I do. I, I am looking forward to the show. Uh, all, the, all the women matches, uh, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, you know, big big match John right there. He's always going to be a part of WrestleMania. Uh, look for Daddy Undertaker, AJ Styles, KO Seth Rollins, because, you know, I haven't seen this before in Arrowhead. Uh, Never. It was good. All right. Um, you know, and Edge coming back, Daniel Bryan, or uh, the American Dragon, uh, Bryan Danielson, however you want to call him these days. Uh, it's Sami Zayn, of course. I mean, in one way or another, we're going to get to see ROH this upcoming weekend. Uh, you just decide <laughs> how, right? Uh, put a mask on Sammy. Maybe uh, it'll make us uh, feel like we're back in uh, 2012 or whatever, however long it's been. Uh, terrible dates. Uh, mm-hmm. And, yeah, Brock Lesnar, uh, Drew McIntyre, the, 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 the true main event of WrestleMania for me this year. Uh, it should be quite a show. And all I got to say is 3MB did it, baby. They, they after after WrestleMania, three all three members of Three MB would have held championship gold in in the WWE. Uh, so much much success uh, for that Amazing. very failed uh, group right there. So I'm looking forward to watching it on the WWE Network uh, live from my couch. Uh, we'll be live tweeting as always, uh, but we'll be back after WrestleMania to talk about. The fallout and, and and maybe to talk about where in the world is COVID nineteen taking us from here, as uh, a lot's happening in in our uh, in, in our world and it's affecting uh, our love for professional wrestling, but not our love for talking about nothing whatsoever except for <laughs> it. And maybe maybe we'll come up with something else uh, to to talk about. In the meantime, I'm not sure. Maybe we'll even try to have guests again. We haven't done that in like forever. Um, right. That, that when you have the right wrestler on here, it can be the funnest thing on earth. So, 
Who knows? We may try that. We may try different things. And of course, but what I can tell you is uh, we will be back. Uh, probably not better than ever because, you know, we've never been great. But <laughs> the one thing I can tell you is we'll be back. Uh, so until then, make sure that you hit the subscribe button on Podbean. Uh, subscribe to FOW Radio. and Check us out on the Twitter machine at FOW Radio. Danny's on Twitter at Danny F. Danger. Mika's on Twitter at the Mika Villas. Uh, I'm on Twitter at yellow. Wait, is it at the Mika Villas or is at Mika Villas? I forget. Just at, just at Mika Villas. I, you know, again, this is live. I'm not, I'm not editing a word. Follow <laughs> her at Mika Villas. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. And, and I've been saying this for a long time. I'm glad we're back. So, guys, until next time, keep watching wrestling. Bye.